From Amaya, you're listening to CSR of One. I'm Courtney Brandt. All parents from all backgrounds value the power of education. But what happens when specialized help isn't available for your child? What if you live in a town or city where opportunities might be limited? This is why it's so important for us to highlight the work done by organizations like the Al Noor Training Center or the Hope Foundation, both of whom we spoke with last season. On today's episode, we're learning about the Integrate Center, a specialty school in Dubai focused on providing educational opportunities for students with developmental issues. And, like any of the organizations we focused on, the Integrate Center wouldn't be successful without consistent help from their dedicated volunteers and staff. We caught up with one of their volunteers, Hussein, over burgers at Pickle and JLT. I did a bunch of volunteering work with uh, different organizations. Uh, the last one prior to integrate was the Dubai Autism Center. And one day I was just uh, sitting in the reception area uh, on my phone, sending an email. And I'm seeing the different students being picked up by their parents, their nannies, their drivers, what have you. And um, I see some children that are about five or six years old. They go, they get picked up. Nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 14, 15-year-olds. And then as, as all these images are passing by, in my mind, it occurs to me, what happens to the ones, right, that exceed the age limit of centers such as the Dubai Autism Center? Where do they go? Who provides care for them? And I asked one of the employees that was there at the time, and she told me that, you know what, that's a very good question. There's a, there's a center that's recently opened up. It's called uh, the Integrate Center for young adults with special needs. And they're the first of their kind. And what they do is they try to provide a curriculum for young adults above the age of 16, between the age of 16 and 25, and provide them with the skills and tools in order for them to become productive members in society. Ultimately, the goal is to achieve independence, uh, financial independence as much as possible. And that's, that's where that started from. And I contacted them, spoke to them, met with them. I've been there for two years now. Okay. And what does, um, I understand you're a volunteer. Yes. And what does volunteering work Entail? look like? Yes. Okay. Well, for me... Uh, well, I do a bunch of different stuff. Um, it ranges from classwork. So you're involved with the students during class activities and the tasks that they're supposed to do in class. Ranges from uh, teaching them about hygiene to math, English, money management, all those kinds of things. Recently, uh, the last term, I want to say for the last maybe six or seven months, uh, we've been going on uh, internships with the higher class uh, to different, uh, different organizations who have generously provided us with their facilities and their time in order to train some of our students on their skills. So you go there with them on these internships and uh, you do supervision, you help them out, uh, monitor them, help them on improving certain aspects of whatever it is that they're doing. Okay. And is there, um, is there a personal connection to the Autism Center or students with special needs or just you feel a calling to help individuals? Um, well, I have a cousin who has a uh, young boy, so he's kind of like my uh, second nephew, if you will. And he was recently diagnosed with autism. Uh, this was a few years back. And ever since, I felt the desire, the need to be more involved. Now, they're in the States, and I'm here. This is my life here, so I can't really be there. So what I can do is what most of us 
should, if we have the ability and the time, yeah. is to do some volunteer work and give back to society. I'm mostly a retired right now, so okay. I, don't, I don't work, yep. so I have a plethora of time. How many students are at Integrate at, at the center right now, would you say? Um, I want to say about 20, 22. Is that at the maximum, or with support from the community, could you go further? What's, is there a goal in mind, or is 2022? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think they're, they're aiming to open up one more class next year, maybe two, depending on what resources are available. And ultimately, the goal is to become bigger than what they are. Um, so the youngest age at the center would be? I want to say 16, 17. We look at young adults coming in at 16 and going up to 25. Are there any success stories out of the center where maybe somebody was fully employed? Absolutely. I think it was about maybe over a year ago where one of the students uh, was picked up by an organization. He was offered a job. Uh, he's still there. He's still working. He's happy. He's in touch with the center. And that's ultimately what you want to get out of this program, out of this center. Are there any events that are um, where the community can be a part of, or are there any future events on the calendar that we could look forward to helping or supporting? They have open houses, okay. right, where you can come to the center. You can meet the founders, um, three lovely women who, have, who are just visionaries, in my opinion. And you can meet some of the students, the parents, the staff, and... Hey, maybe if you have an idea that you want to pitch to them about how you want to get involved with them, they have the openest arms in terms of receiving people. And um, what sort of, I guess, on a weekly basis, just because I'm thinking like with, I work at K9 or I volunteer at K9, are you there on a, like, for four hours, eight hours? Is it like a daily? Um, what sort of kind of is the, the variety of volunteer work that's available? You have uh, certain individuals that come in for one day um, because their work does not allow them sure. anything more than that, right? So they come in for one day. They do that consistently, right? They, they come in, at the, in in the morning at about 8, 9. They spend the entire school day. And then they leave at about maybe, I want to say, 1, 1 p.m., right? So that's, that's a good four or five hours. Yeah. Uh, myself, I do three days a week, um, and that's the same number of hours. Sometimes it's a little bit shorter, sometimes yeah. it's a little bit longer. Um, and then we also have uh, students who come in and do some admin work for us okay. as volunteers. So it ranges from having adult volunteers to younger students who want to be involved. Is there any urgent needs of the group? Like, is it a thing where money would help get the, the teachers you need or the resources, or is it just like any place, we need volunteers to keep this thing going? The center is, is actually uh, running on a deficit, okay, on a big deficit, because there are restrictions on what they can charge. And what they can charge per head does not come close to covering their costs and their overhead, right? So they have to resort to you know, other creative avenues such as, you know, seeking out um, sponsorships from organizations, from corporates, in order for them to be able to sustain themselves financially and be self-sufficient. So that was a long answer. The short version no. is yes, they do. But I appreciate hearing that because I think um, we spoke to the Al Noor Training Center and, and we learned that you're exactly right. When you have a classroom where maybe you need that three-to-one or two-to-one kind of ratio, and that's not even including yourself. That's the actual that's educators. The actual yep. 
um, that when you look at what that, uh, you know, there's just no way, um, and what sort of, what can be done maybe on a higher level, government level, to, to either subsidize or do that, because I think that you would know that any of the students that you've been with would, would need that education, and there is a gap in the market right now to, to kind of look after and say, these guys need our support, we want to give them our support, but there are limits financially and otherwise. Absolutely, absolutely, and it, and it starts with the government. I think they're doing a good job of getting to that point. Um, um, ultimately, I think it's it's about realizing that all of these young children that we have in the various centers for special needs across the country, not just Dubai or Abu Dhabi, all over the country, right? For every one of those that is enrolled in one of these programs, whether they're six-year-olds, uh, 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds, whatever, for each one of those, right? So you, I want to paint an image for you. Yep. For each one of those, how many young adults are out there in society, right, where the options for care and education are not available? So you take that into consideration and you want people to be aware, people who have the ability and the means to be able, and the interest, of course, right, to be able to build more integrate centers or invest in integrate center and make it bigger than it is. Either way, the, 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 the ultimate goal is to provide more care for these individuals, for these young adults with special needs. Stay with us and find out more about how integrate operates and how a curse word became a win for Hussein. Hey, it's Shrag from Maya Media, and I wanted to tell you about another show on our network called Tales of the Trade, where we feature Dubai's pioneers and the stories behind the ideas and the communities they've brought to life. You can find all of the episodes of the show in your favorite podcast player right now, and we'll be back with a new season later in the year. You can find more information on our website, talesofthe.trade. As there are many initiatives and stories we'd like to share, CSR1 asks the community to consider sponsoring our show to help support us. Please contact CSR1 at amea.fm. Welcome back. You're listening to CSR1 with me, Courtney Brandt. We're talking with Hussein about his work with the Integrate Center. One of Hussein's favorite stories from the center involves a curse word. The story is a reminder that sometimes the smallest of instances can be a win for the autistic community. When it comes to, to people on the autism spectrum, uh, they have different behavioral tendencies. And when this event happened, I didn't know what it meant. It was explained to me later what it meant. So um, I had spent some time with one of the students. He's a, he's a young 16-year-old. Uh, and um, so we were doing different things in class. We were working on different projects. Uh, he's very bright, very, very intellectual, very smart, very good with numbers. And so we did a bunch of activities. I created some. I modified some of the existing ones for him as well, and we did that. And it seemed to me that he had, you know, he was enjoying it. He was challenged by it, right? Because most of the time what happens is when they're not, when they don't feel challenged, they get bored, uh, they lose focus. And so creating new stuff for him was key. So when the, once the date was over and I had left the center, um, he exited the building after me, and his mother was waiting for him parked outside. And I'm just standing there in the heat. Uh, this was last year, summer of last year. And I'm just standing there in the heat, waiting for my car, my car to cool down, yeah. right? 
And he, you know, says bye to me, gets into the car. As the door is about to, I'm looking at him. As the door is about to close, he opens it up again and uh, looks at me and says, you, Mr. Hussein. I'm like, okay. Mother was shocked, uh-huh. naturally. Yeah. She exits the car, apologized to me, apologizes to me multiple times. And I'm like, it's okay, it's fine, it's not a big deal. You know, yeah. these things happen. I didn't know what it meant, whether it was a good one or a bad one. Okay. And then she got back into the car and they left. The next day, I asked about this incident and they told me that, um, you know, this is a, this is a, it's like affection. Okay. For him. Okay. Right? For him to be on that level, to feel that comfortable with you, to be able to tell you that uh-huh. means that he likes you. You're in her circle. I'm in the circle. Okay. I'm in the circle. Amazing. So that's, that's my favorite one. A couple of other areas yeah. uh, of interest to me personally is that you have a lot of uh, Arab families who would like to provide their uh, children with education that is centered around the Arabic language. And we don't have anything like that over here. That is a little, I'm, I'm saddened by that. All children, regardless of what they speak, deserve support. Absolutely, absolutely. And so now that's, that's, that's a, that's, that has two areas where that we can talk about, right? It's whether the parents are open to providing their children with alternative language education. Um, and if they're not, then what are the alternatives? So the alternative doesn't exist. So Integrate is an English-speaking operation? Yes, 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 absolutely, and primarily. And have you heard from people in the community that there is a demand for Arabic speaking? There is a speaking? demand. There absolutely is a demand. I think it's a combination of not having the, the requisite professionals who are SEN educators, special education needs educators, uh, that are trained. I would say it's a regional problem. It's not, it's not just here because you, you're not only going to source these uh, teachers from here, right? You're going to try and get them from, let's say, Lebanon or Jordan or uh, Saudi Arabia, but I don't think they exist. And if they do, they're very limited and they're already scooped up by somebody and helping them. Um, so that's one. Two, girls. Is it mostly a young men that are, that are in the center? Yes, correct. Not just the center, but most centers. That's what you're going to find. Now... Specifically in relation to autism, you have, this is a worldwide statistic, I don't know how, how well it applies here, but it's a ratio of four to one, male to female, Okay. right? Uh, individuals who are diagnosed with autism. Now, the classroom ratio is somewhere along that line, right? You're going to have about a 80% male, 20% female class occupancy. But I, I personally don't feel like young women or young girls who are diagnosed with autism or anything on the autism spectrum have an alternative, like we spoke about with the Arabic language alternative, have an alternative where you have a center that is dedicated purely to them, where the parents are comfortable, because that's what it boils down to, right? It's their decision, where the parents are comfortable in having their uh, young daughters in a what they perceive to be a safe environment. Sounds like some education might need to take place on a few levels. We were fortunate enough to speak to um, Una, who is uh, high-functioning autism, but she um, gets her care um, at the Hope Foundation. Uh, but I don't believe that it is uh, female only. Um, and I hear that. Like, I do hear that, that um, you, there's cultural sel- sensitivities as well as, Absolutely. as other pieces. Absolutely. There are, and, there are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, challenges there. Yeah, and it, it makes me, yeah, I would hope that maybe integrate with the right support could open, let's say, a sister school that could, that could be just for young women. 
and families could feel good, or a class that is just dedicated to taking in Arabic speakers, for example. But I, it's so good that you bring up these points because um, I think it needs to be discussed way more. On a much higher level, absolutely. It, this, is, this is something I feel like our society needs. You know, you, you've got the right step, and there's this step that's going on, but it just has to lead to more conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. And from conversations, we need action. And that's what we need ultimately, right? That's, I'm that's just we can talk. Along. We can sit and talk. We can sit and talk for days and days and days on end about all the things that need to happen, or that shouldn't have happened, or that should happen. But at the end of the day, we need something to happen. So, for maybe people who want to be involved, um, is there training? How did you come to? Um, I guess you know we've interviewed different people with different activities. Um, did you have to go through any training, or is your role kind of more like it sounds like you're pretty hands on? Right. Um, so how would you say for somebody who's interested and maybe they haven't, you know, don't have a family member who's on the spectrum or something? They do provide training. Okay. They do. But, you know, I came I came to them kind of uh, almost like a well done kind yeah, of steak thing because I had already had you know experience in other places. So they didn't have to provide me with much um, for others that want to get into this. I think to have the desire on its own is a big part of it. And once they find whatever avenue it is that they're looking for, that that center, that foundation, that organization will provide the required training for them to be able to contribute. And I saw from just doing some research, it sounds like you you can also partner with businesses in the community. So it couldn't. So, for example, the 800 degrees pizza I saw recently that maybe it's not even what we think of as traditional volunteering, which is like yourself on an individual level, that also businesses could partner and say, hey, we, we can uh, provide an activity for the day that will be supervised and you can come to our place. Oh, absolutely, yep. absolutely. I mean, one of the one of the organizations that the center, the Integrate Center deals with is Emirates NBD and they've provided many different activities over the last couple of years where, you know, they supervise, we go, we take the students, students have a good time, they learn, they express themselves and that's that's what it's all about. I think that's the next level of corporate social responsibility where you have these organizations, you know, giving their version of volunteer yeah. work. And integrating it in a way that's very natural because I think why I started this is I see a lot of corporate social responsibility as people just showing up one day a year to do a 5K versus maybe the culture should change and somebody like Emirates NBD goes, right, on a quarterly basis, yearly basis, somehow we're going to... Absolutely. I mean, they, th those people, I mean, those organizations, they have budgets for these things. So they, they have to allocate that over the course of a year and then they go through many different centers and organizations that they partner with. Um, going back to something that you touched on, culturally, I've lived here my entire life. Volunteer work has unfortunately not been a big part of growing up here. So, and, and that's changed over the last... And it's changing. And mm -hmm. it's changing, and it will continue to change. Um, so, in order for us to instill that culture from the ground up, and we're talking about from maybe even, maybe that's too young, maybe from a kindergarten level, right, where you have little kids involved in certain different activities. You take that up to, you know, uh, primary school, secondary school, high school level, and maybe even make it mandatory on certain levels. It becomes a requirement 
right, for them to graduate. You need to do sort of like, I think in the United States, it's a requirement. It was. Um, I would call it um, community service for a lot of the, the degrees. And how about this? When you're looking at colleges and universities, a lot of them are looking for that piece, whether you're a Boy Scout Absolutely. or you're whatever you're involved with. You're a more with. well-rounded person if you have that on your resume. Yeah. We do it at, um, I have nephews here, and we, whenever we travel with them, especially to places that are maybe not so developed, like we did a beach clean up we were in zanzibar over eat that's just becomes part of it and they're like why are we cleaning up this beach well we want to leave it a little bit better than we found it. absolutely and even now i think on um, the uae government has a website where if you want if there's something you want to do like you can literally type it in and you can you can connect not even on an individual level on a corporate level on whatever level so i i, I agree with you i don't buy the excuse anymore i think when people hear like oh you're such a good guy like i'm I'm not good. We're all good guys. But, you know, give, give like one day a month. Like that's something that's easily done. Give your, you just go one Saturday and go help somebody. Absolutely. And that one day a month goes a long way in terms of your own personal fulfillment, right? Which most people don't realize. They go through their daily routines. They go to work. They come back. They go to the gym. They watch a movie. They go out for a drink. They go have dinner, spend time with their friends, go to the cinema, go to the beach, go to the club, whatever, right? All of that. And then they sit there one day and they think, you know what? My life feels a little bit empty. Oh, I've seen Hussein doing stuff. That looks cool. I want to do what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Maybe that'll add some value. You touched on environmental cleanup. Maybe that's what somebody wants to do. And that's at the end of the day. That's, that's our society that we live in. A cleaner society, a society that provides education to individuals with special needs, a society that provides care for animals without shelter, a society that provides care for the elderly, a society that provides care for the orphans. You have so many different areas of interest, and it's up to the individual to decide what they want. It's like a buffet. It's a buffet. Pick what you want, but do it. That's the most important thing. Stop talking about it and do it. Nike, you need to sponsor this. (laughs) Just do it. Over the last few years in the UAE, we've seen growing awareness for students with special needs. There are now multiple centers around the country that help with diagnosis and assessment, but there is always more to be done. If you would like to contribute to the Integrate Center, please visit them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Integrate Center or via their website, integratecenter.com. This episode was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai. You can find out more information about the show by visiting our website, amaya.fm slash CSR of One, and also follow us on Instagram at CSR of One. Until next week, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else. Goodbye.